yeah and then uh that the first like three months of training were unforgettable i'll never forget it just the amount of things that i learned just the amount of growth that like i experienced it was crazy uh and uh let's see january and then like close into january uh like my first month there we started pants camp it was the first pants camp and it was a whole vibe man What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Pohada Podcast. As usual, I'm Matt Brous, the host of this show and the guy behind the camera at Pohada Photography. This is a show where I talk jujitsu with jujitsu people and I convince jujitsu black belts to tell me their story and hopefully give out some free advice. If you decide you like that kind of thing, give the show a five star rating, swing over, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. And check out the episode description box down below for a link to the Patreon. All of that helps us grow this thing of ours. Before we introduce today's guest, I want to take a second to recommend his chosen charity for a shout-out, the NCCC, or the National Cervical Cancer Coalition, a nonprofit organization serving women with or at risk of cervical cancer and HPV disease. The odds are pretty good you or someone you know has been affected here, so if that's the kind of cause you'd like to get behind, check them out at nccc-online.org. Today's conversation is with Marcus Bedore. Now, Marcus was the very first episode of the Pohada podcast way back when. Specifically, back when we called this installment Booze with a Black Belt instead of BSing with a black belt as we call it today. He and I were at our Fair Academy M-Theory Martial Arts the other day, and while I was skipping warm-ups, we started talking about how the typical format of the show has evolved. And it wasn't really in place back then, so he didn't really have a clear explanation of his path to black belt. So we set up the mics and off we went. Without further ado, Marcus Bedore. Let me tell you. <laughs> well, all right, man. Uh, are we ready? I think we're up and running here. You were the very first episode of this bullshit. That was bullshit. the first one. Remember now that? Now it's 2.0. Yeah, because we, we didn't know what we were doing. Yeah. We were just talking. <clears throat> I've been on with like other episodes, but mm-hmm. it wasn't like the... But the first time that I should have asked somebody... To tell me the story of them getting to Black Belt. I just didn't. Yeah. I don't know what episode I started doing it, like formally. Yeah. Because we just like started recording and then you started realizing, ooh, that's a that's a smart thing to ask. Yeah. And that's a smart thing to ask. And now I almost have like a standard format. Yeah, now there's actually uh, order and structure. Kind of. And I keep it yeah. under five hours now, which is good. Well, Polly isn't here, so it might just devolve into... I, well, and the other thing, we'd, we'd stop centering around, around booze. That's I have also noticed that. Early yeah. episodes, we were always just clinking glasses, drinking, and sitting around bull- bullshitting. Now it's BS with the black belt. Yeah. I, I noticed that change. Yeah, know? yeah. And the episodes are better in terms of order and structure, probably. And just quality. One of the big indicators was the Kelly Johnson conversation. For what? Moving away from booze? Probably needing yeah. to lay off of the drinking because it was like... <laughs> You couldn't Ooh. keep up with him? No, he couldn't keep up. None of us could. Oh. We all went a little far, especially <laughs> Kelly, though. Going downhill pretty fast. So I guess we'll, we'll formally do it. We'll do a straight edge. 
Snickers bars. Snickers bars. Snickers and bars and coffee. Uh, Say what? Yeah. Shut the fuck up, Holden. Golly. So uh, I'll cut that out. Probably. He just wants to be a part of yeah, it. Yeah, he just wanted to, be, wanted to say he was on the Pohada podcast. You guys, you guys uh, okay? Uh, when did you start training jujitsu, Marcus? We'll do the we'll do the formal version of the all formal this. Formal version. Tell um, me your story to black belt, starting with when you started. Oof. Um, I started in 2011, I think. January of 2011. Uh, and I was, I think I just turned 14, 13, 14 birthdays in November. So yeah, uh, it was tough, tough to remember, but, um, I did Taekwondo when I was like eight and I didn't like it cause it's very structured and very like Kata, you know, and to keep an eight year old's attention like that is tough. Was it legitimately just like this is repetitive and boring and my brain is drifting? Yeah, we did like games and stuff. Mm-hmm. And just like long term, it couldn't keep me interested. I actually did like, I think a tournament or something. And I like sparred, point sparred. Yeah. And I did okay, I think. Like, I don't know. It's just like, this is boring. And so I think I just quit that when I was like eight or nine. And then. Uh, that was pretty much me with. Every sport my yeah. parents forced me to dabble in. It was just an yeah. eye roll. Yeah. I was like, okay, well, I'm done with this. Um, but then uh, my brother uh, boxed. He boxed in, in college when he was in college. And so then when he would come back from college, he would, like, watch boxing, right? And so I would, like, kind of watch it with him. And then he would leave. And then I would kind of, like, keep watching those channels. And then through boxing like advertisements for the UFC would go on and then I'd be like, Oh, this is the same thing. I'll just watch this. And sure. it was not the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, it's just all a blur in my head. Right. Like, I don't know. I don't know which fight. I think I actually could pinpoint around the time, like which fight it was like a UFC, like army when it was like on a, on a, military base or something like one of those like fight for the troops or something mm-hmm. um and if i watched it i could be like oh yeah this is the one that i watched but i don't know the names of the fighters but i would just be watching the ufc ufc unleashed or whatever and then you know joe rogan just kept saying jujitsu jujitsu always jujitsu whatever and i was like oh yeah <laughs> and then in my head i was like you know i want to get back into something like taekwondo i want to get back into something like that and yeah. because he was just saying jujitsu over and over again I like looked up jujitsu and then I convinced my parents to put me in, you know, six years later or whatever. It's like accidental guerrilla marketing. Everybody, you know, says CrossFit over and over again. So eventually you look up CrossFit. And then, (laughs) and then I realized, you know, years later I was like, Oh, you know, you hear about Joe Rogan using his podcast to get all these people in jujitsu. I didn't have the podcast, but I had Joe Rogan. So Joe Rogan, (laughs) I guess, got me into jujitsu, which I was like, this is ironic. And I don't know how I feel about this, but all right. It's a pretty long list. I'm a Joe Rogan jujitsu baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, let's see. Yeah, so I started I started at uh, Warriors Cove in 2011. Um, and we weren't belted in jujitsu. They had yeah. their own Shinbudo, still do, I think, 
MMA system or whatever. So is that what's called Shinbudo? Shinbudo, yeah. Um, and we did like. <laughs> did you break the mop, Holden? pay for that <laughs> yeah, it's coming out of your paycheck yeah <laughs> you're in debt now buddy. <laughs> i started at warriors cove in 2011 <laughs> yeah. and uh it was shimbudo which is like an mma uh built system so like on what was it even days we would do striking and then odd days we would do ground ground work or whatever uh, pretty really, good, pretty good setup, huh? Yeah, I mean, I in the most general sense. Sure. And then uh, I, I don't know. There were no kids classes, right? There were no kids classes, and there were no other teenagers. There was like one other teenager, but he was like 195 pounds, right? And so I was 120, so it mm-hmm. wasn't really the same. And so it was just 14 year old Marcus just getting just destroyed yeah. every day. And they're all super nice. And, and a lot of the people who I train with and who were there at the start still jujitsu are I still train with today. So yeah, yeah. Uh, Dave Scora, Mahir, Max Lundin, uh, Chris Spencer. He doesn't train here, but you know, for right. a big chunk of, yep. even when I was at M theory, he was here. Um, lot of, lot of people, people that I could just go on and on and on. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, uh, so I started there, uh, but we weren't belted in jujitsu, which was always tough, right? Cause I was like, uh, a white belt Shinbudo, a red belt Shinbudo, whatever. And so going to tournaments was really weird. Cause I'd be like that guy in the, in the red gi, whatever. And that was interesting too, cause going to compete and yeah, there were no like kids divisions or juvenile divisions or teen divisions even. And so I was just going against these grown men and the weight classes at that time were even weirder because they were just like 150 below is the lightest weight class. Right. And so I'm fighting up 25 pounds in the, mm-hmm. in the lightest weight class or whatever. And I had zero stand up, zero stand up, like takedowns, zero. So I would just pull guard. I pulled guard like every single match for like two years. And then it was all these like super aggressive dudes, uh, and it was just triangle or armbar. That's like what I would do. That's it, and it worked. It was if, great. if it ain't broke, right? at a yeah, point, if it right? ain't broke, right? But uh, and then eventually, you know, I had I changed things and, and evolved. But so you were competing pretty early on. I competed maybe like eight months into into training mm-hmm. yeah and i had no clue if i was, I was like am i ready to compete like is this something that like i should do whatever yeah. you'll find out <laughs> yeah and my first tournament was at the sub hunt and i uh uh was so nervous i was so incredibly nervous because i like played soccer but i never like fought anyone right i was so nervous and so my one of my coaches at the time was like, okay, well, you know, you know, just, uh, just picture, picture him naked, right? The classic or like in his underwear, right? <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah. This is the classic trick, right? Like picture him in his underwear. I'll kind of like make light of the situation. <laughs> and I was like, okay, uh, I can try that. 
and there's one person in my division. Okay, just once. So I had one match. And uh, Alex something, right? I was like, okay, Alex, okay. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm getting ready. And I look over, and it's a girl. And I was like, what is happening, right? And he's like, don't abandon the game plan. Yeah. Abandon <laughs> the strategy. Do not picture them yeah, don't picture in their them. underwear. I was, like, oh. I was like, what do I do? Because I never rolled with a woman before. Yeah. Like the population is already as small as it is. So, right. And especially like Midwest at the time, you know, women aren't doing a whole lot of jujitsu because it's just very close contact. It's just yeah. like still in the early days. It's a slower spread culturally. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Especially and it's not like, inherently weird to roll with a woman. But no, not at all. The first time you do it, this is way more when you're sort a of fourteen year old seemingly kid. intimate contact, and yeah, and you're yeah. a fourteen year old boy. And it wasn't a woman; yeah. it was like another like sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, teenage yeah. girl. And right. so I had no clue. I was like, oh, what different vibe. And uh, you know, my coach told me what I would tell someone today. You know, he's like, well, do you want to win? Right? Like, she signed up. You signed up. Like, you don't have to, like, try to take it easy or anything like that. Like, go to win, right? Okay, that makes sense. So I pulled guard. I think I swept her. I think I got to top mount, and then I just think I armbarred her, right? She was tough. She trained a, she trained a lot. I would see her at, like, other tournaments. Never talked to her, right? But, uh, yeah, and then uh, that was my first tournament. And I tried to compete as much as I could. There weren't a whole lot of tournament so i did the sub hunt i did collie group when it was around minnesota top team even put on some submission only tournaments Mm -hmm. in their first location uh all these tournaments right so i tried to compete as much as i could but i wasn't like a competitor right i was nervous every time i was like trying to figure out ways how i could just not do it right i was gonna like you're talking like mindset wise. You're not oh, a quote unquote sure. competitor yeah, I had a in big, your head. I had a big uh, trouble getting over that. Like someone else wanted to like harm me, bro. Even if it wasn't quite that. But For real though, it's it's real. Oh, someone's like coming after me. And after like five or six tournaments, okay, I kind of got over that. But that was tough. And then I just stuck with jujitsu. Mostly, I did like it. I liked it for sure. But I was like, ah, I don't want to like be a quitter like i quit like taekwondo right i was like right. i want to i want to prove to like my parents or someone that i can i can stick with this and actually so when i started uh i lived in uh minatrista and uh the gym was in st paul or not st paul st louis park it's actually just down the street from where uh was was m3 right so where m3 would be we were just down the street around texas ave and so it was like a 25, 30 minute drive on a good day uh, to the gym. And uh, my dad brought me and what we did to start, okay, to start, we did the 6 a.m. classes at Warriors Cove. So my dad would bring me to the 6 a.m. class. Uh, I would train. So I'd be getting up at 5 a.m., uh, go head out the door by 5, 25, whatever, get there. And he did it with me for like a month, right? Uh, then he stopped, but I kept going. So, And, it, I mean, you're training ass early because you're working around dad's work schedule so you can get a no. ride or no? No. 
just because I just wanted to do it. it sounded cooler. Warrior, no, just like, spirit. I, I actually have no clue why I did it that early. I have no, like looking back on it, I have no clue why. Yeah. I have no clue. But I remember we walked into the first class and my dad like shook hands with someone. And I was like, and they like knew each other. And I was like, hmm. what is happening? Like, what? <laughs> you know these people? Like yeah. what is going on here? Uh, well, he knew uh, one of the guys there in the morning class, Gordy. Uh, Gordy Flam, who you should also interview, trains at McEwen's, he's black belt now, mm-hmm. uh, from uh, Dance Dads. So my siblings uh, danced, <laughs> and so my dad would like dance and do like routines, or whatever the the Dance Dads. Yeah. So uh, he knew him from from there. So that's how they knew each other. And then Gordy <laughs> kind of took me under his wing a little bit and took care of me. But uh, Jesse Rainey was my first instructor. So we walked in there and, you know, the first submission I learned was the straight ankle lock, uh, and like the triangle and all that stuff. And I remember the first one was a straight ankle lock. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Cool. And so now whenever I have like a day one person and like, we're just happening to learn straight ankle locks, I'm like, Oh no, I was similar. But I remember like all these like miscellaneous techniques that I was just learning early on that like worked really well. You know, someone's like framing on your hip and then you like roll your hip over mm-hmm. and then like collapse that frame. Things like that. Which is really random. Well, that was I remember first or second class that was mentioned. Yeah. That whole, hey, yeah. depending on how they're creating that frame, if you just roll. And I remember just yeah. going, oh, there's some nasty shit in this sport. Isn't yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> but no, stuff like that helped. Um, and then I would I would train at six. I would leave a little bit early to get to school because my school started at eight twenty five. Then I'd go to school, and then I would come back at night and train. So I was training tw- twice a day from day one. Yeah. Uh, well, that's why you did the early AM yeah. class because it was available. Yeah, right, I got this much. one. I got this one. I'm going to make it to both. But uh, yeah, and my dad, my dad went with me. And then even when he stopped training, he would just go to Barnes and Noble and he would just wait for me. Right. He would drop me off six a.m. He would just go to Barnes and Noble and just like yeah. read. And then up oh, time to pick up Marcus. So. For sure, like my mom and my dad, I, like I wouldn't be doing anything like this if it weren't for right. my dad right. being willing to get up at five right. so that his kid can go. You yeah. know, shout out to dad. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then that went on until I uh, yeah. <laughs> stop fiddling with the table. <laughs> that went on until uh, uh, I got my license, and then I was driving myself. And then I think more or less the same. I would I would get up and go train early, um, and then go train again at night. And uh, now, I mean, are you like all in? Like, I mean, clearly you're all in training twice a day. Yeah. But I mean, are you like emotionally, spiritually? Here we go. This is my thing. Yeah. So pretty early on, I realized like, oh, I am. This is yeah. Like this is my thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think in my head, uh, again, early on, I was like, oh, this is what I'm gonna like do with my life right but i never like told anyone that because i knew what they would say i knew they would be (laughs) like okay sure so in my head i was like this is it right this is it and this just keep training always train 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 right because the other problem or the other thing was that i went to a college prep school i went to a high school providence academy which Mm -hmm. is a great school fantastic but the expectation there is that like you're going to go to college and you're going to, you know, 
you're gonna go to a good college right. and all that well i wasn't like the best in school i was no slouch and i was i was smart all right but like i don't know i didn't really i didn't put forth the effort for the grade like the numbers right and uh i remember like junior senior year when it was like started to talk about uh college and all that it was like oh i don't really have the grades to get into like these good schools that like my other classmates are you know my classmates are getting into like ivy league schools Mm -hmm. and fantastic schools and all that i worked for several years at a private school and it was amazing to hear the conversations where it wasn't like in when i was in high school there was conversations of who was going to college and maybe where yeah. These guys were talking about which Ivy League schools yeah. they were going to pick from. And then accepted to multiple ones. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. Well, I, I'm in all yeah. three of these. Which one do I go with? And it, Occasionally, someone turns out was going to, you know, Minnesota Mankato. Yeah. And it was like, what's, what's wrong with that guy? <laughs> Different yeah. culture Just in those crazy. schools, yeah. for sure. So I remember, like, going to the counselor's office, the college counselor. And he was like, okay, so, like, what's your plan? Like, what do you want to go, like try to major in and blah, blah, blah. That's like what they're talking about. Like you're a major in college. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I don't know. Like I just kind of want to train. I never like told them that. I never told anyone that. Right. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty well known that I like did jujitsu and things like that. But yeah. like, again, like I think people just thought it was like, you know, it's a fun it's hobby. A hobby. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is, if you say, if correct. you say what I want to do is make my life and career out of jujitsu, they yeah. would be like, well, that's cute. But also have you heard of civil engineering? Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> And like I was like nothing really piqued my interest. Like I was like, I don't really want to do anything. Mm. Right? I don't wanna be an accountant. I'm not good with numbers, right? And actually one of the uh one of the quotes that kind of inspired me to be okay with like doing jujitsu was actually a BJ Penn quote where he was like, I can't sing, I can't dance, but I can I can fight. Mm-hmm. Right? And I was like, Oh yeah. I relate to that. I can't sing. I can't dance. <laughs> I can like do jujitsu. I wouldn't like consider myself like a fighter, but right. I can like do jujitsu. It's and funny so, how that yeah. always sounds weird. I know. I've right, got to yeah. fight this weekend. Go fight. Well, nobody's punching anybody. It doesn't feel yeah. like a fight. I can go either way. I don't care. I yeah. can call a jujitsu match a fight. It's weird. But <laughs> it does like, sound weird. I don't really care. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, and then I was like, okay. Yeah. So in my head, I always knew like oh, this is what I'm gonna do. Right. This is this is what I'm gonna do. So, uh, yeah, trained all throughout high school. I started in eighth grade, trained all throughout high school. Uh, and then I did something that was really, really unconventional for my school is I took a year off after high school. So I didn't go straight into college. So I just took a year off because I had no clue what I wanted to do. And in that year, I just trained. That's it. One of the, one of the, uh, Blue blue belts, purple belts here. Jeff Martin, who's now a black belt in California. Shout out Jeff. Uh, had a, a company, a Collective Genius. And uh, it was a, a company that he made. It was very small, but he gave me a good job. And it was great because I could work on, on a computer. So that was like, so I was like working. It was sourcing. So it was honestly very boring. But I knew, like, oh, yeah, like, I have to do this, right, so that I can, like, train and compete and things like that, right? Trading boredom for bills yeah, being paid. Yeah, because as soon as I turned 17, I think, my mom was like, yeah, you got to pay for your own tournaments. I was like, oh, fair. 
Yeah, that's fair. That makes sense. Right. Maybe she would help me out like here and there for sure. Um, but for the most part, I think after a certain point, I'll say, okay, I'll like just cover everything. If I want to compete out of state, especially I gotta, uh, do that. So, uh, little by little trying to become more and more independent. Right. Uh, but just training for like a whole year. This is like all I would do. And then, uh, eventually you at M theory at this point. Yeah. At this point I was at M theory. So I, I went to M theory, uh, 2015 late 2015 i think the so first three four years were yeah like mean? three years two and a half years were at warriors cove mm-hmm. and then i came to m theory like five or six months after it opened right and uh i remember uh there was there were some issues with warriors cove which i don't really want to get mm-hmm. into because yeah. uh you switched gyms there's some lawyer trigger happy lawyers right but mm-hmm. uh there's a point where i got like pretty high ranking in shinbudo right but i was still like a no stripe white belt they even have a white belt in jiu-jitsu and i remember i went into class one day and i was like we were doing the warm-ups and i just got this overwhelming sensation of i don't want to be here i, was like, I do not want to be here and so i told the instructor i was like oh, i'm feeling sick i'm gonna go home I wasn't, right? Yeah. Kind of, I guess. Well, I you were, in a way, yeah. Yeah, in a way, yeah. <laughs> Existentially, I'm And so I left, Ill. and I just, like, sat in my car, this 16-year-old, <laughs> 16-year-old, years old, or 17, or whatever, maybe, like, just turned 17, just sitting in their car being like, oh, now this thing that I thought I was dedicated to, I just, like, am sick of it, mm-hmm. right? It's like, what do I do? And I remember uh, I had glanced at an article written by John Grills, reviewing m theory uh and john would like ref some of my matches when i was a kid right like he would like be the referee yeah right so again john yeah one of those guys who went goes back long long time uh and i remember like oh m theory yeah that seemed like a cool place uh and so like in my car i was across the street from warriors cove and i looked at my phone and was like, oh, yeah, that looks like a pretty cool place. And then I was like, oh, it's like super close. (laughs) And then I saw like the start time was like six o'clock. And I was like, oh, it's five forty five right now. And then like the thought was just like, yeah, could you go there right now? I suddenly feel better. I'm not sick anymore. And so I just started my car and I drove to M theory and and walked in and I was like, what is going on here? (laughs) Right. And then I was greeted and uh, by Bendolfo, who uh, was the general manager type person at the time, I guess. And uh, yeah, I never, I never went back. I went back once to pay some dues, literally some some money to Warriors Cove, but that sure. was it. Yeah, right. Uh, A cheap but, and successful severance. Yeah, yeah I is. guess. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and then uh, I remember having a conversation with Ishmael being like, hey, uh, I have been kind of training for, like, three years, but I don't have a white belt. And he was like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll give you one. That will come with the, mm-hmm. the, the package, literally. And I was like, really? He was like, Easy yeah. access to the white belt. Like, oh, sweet. Yeah. And I remember he told me, he goes, you know, belts are, 
you know, or whatever, right? Like belts and stripes, you know, you know, they only mean so much, but it's good to be recognized for your progress. So if you've been training for three years and you have nothing to quote unquote show for it, like what's the, you know, that, that doesn't feel good. Right. Yeah. yeah. I was like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, I remember like, you know, 17 years old, I'd be in like an essentials class and I could like tap other white belts and maybe even a blue belt here and there, right. Mm-hmm. With like a triangle or something. Mm-hmm. And they'd be like, what the heck? Like, why <laughs> is yeah. this happening? Right. Yeah. And then uh, uh, we had a free month at the time. And then like a weekend, Ishmael was like, you know, you don't have to wait out the full month. You can just like sign up now. And I was like, okay, I'll do that. (laughs) And then the first day, the first day that I signed up, Ishmael gave me (laughs) four stripes. Four stripes at one time on my my wipeout. And he was like, oh, you guys, if you had trained with Marcus, you might have noticed he'd Knows a few things, right. right? He's been training a little bit. And everyone's like, oh, okay, yeah. Well, when I came in, because I was 17, so I had to bring my dad. And they were totally fine with me switching, right? They thought it was, like, my decision, which is true. It was my decision, like, to switch. So I switched. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the time, I started getting cauliflower ear. And my dad's requirement for me switching, and he told Ishmael this. He was like, he, he can train here but he has to wear his headgear every day. I've never worn my headgear. <laughs> Not once. I was just and looking at your ears me, going, there's no way you followed that. A part of me thinks that my dad thought that I was wearing my headgear like up until like brown belt. Yeah. A part of me thinks that. Yeah, yeah. Sorry to say that. <laughs> I did not wear it a single time. Right? And I was like, okay, yeah. Deal. Didn't enforce it at all. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Never was like, hey, Marcus, where's your headgear so that you can train? Uh, yeah, and then... Uh, Even people that bring headgear and wear headgear don't wear the headgear. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? Eventually it comes off. Or I can just... find it somewhere. Somewhere in my parents' garage. A little red mat man that I've put on once but never wore in training. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then uh, that the first like three months of training were unforgettable i'll never forget it just the amount of things that i learned just the amount of growth that like i experienced it was crazy uh and uh i see january then like close into january uh like my first month there we started pants camp was the first pants camp and it was a whole vibe man let me tell you (laughs) it's totally changed throughout the years but man that first pants camp in my mind went on forever it was forever because it was like six or seven weeks of just hard training just drills just conditioning oh my god yeah. i was like this is is insane. this if i heard some stories about this like this is run up and down the mat with a partner on your back yeah this stuff. is like yeah. you take their collar and you just like do like inverted pull-ups with it like you pull them yeah. to you right yeah. things like that this is like just crazy conditioning stuff mm-hmm. right uh which we've somewhat leaned away from. We'll definitely still do it because like pants camp at the time of this court recording is actually going to be on Monday at the start. So that'll be fun. But as a white belt doing this, it was, it was awesome. And, and, uh, and then pans rolled around. I did pretty well. I, I got to the quarterfinals. That pants experience was a, was a trip in and of itself because, I had won my first match. I won my first match like 14 nothing. It was my first IBJJF was the Pan Ams. 
four stripe white blue belt still I'm a, I'm a four stripe white belt oh you're still white belt okay right four stripe white belt uh second match is this brazilian kid and he catches me in an arm bar and pops my arm and then i was just like i'm not gonna tap to this just crazy 17-year-old Marcus just like, mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm just not going to tap to this. I'm going to make a choice. I'm just not going to tap to this. So it pops. I don't tap. I get out. He gets me in like a triangle and an arm bar on the same arm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I didn't tap before, so I'm not going to tap now. Right? I'm down like 8 nothing or something. And then I arm bar him with like three seconds left. Right? So I was like jazzed. I was psyched. Right? And then uh, quarterfinals. I lose like four to two or two nothing or something. And I end like with a Kimura, like fully locked in. And it just like, I was heartbroken. Yeah. Right. Cause it was the first tournament I had never meddled in. Cause I didn't meddle. Right. First tournament I've never meddled in. And so I was like, Oh, this is like crazy. I was like, Oh my God. Like this is insane. Like, you know, um, and I remember, uh, going to Justin common afterwards. And I was like, I think I need to go to the medics because <laughs> my elbow was just destroyed and it was just tears, just mm-hmm. crying. Mm-hmm. Right. And Justin and Adam Franco and Tao and Jaffe and all those guys like Nimlos, like they all like took care of me. Right. All right. And, uh, so yeah. And then I, uh, Ishmael bought me an acai bowl to like cheer me up. Right. They're just babying me. Right. They're just totally babying me, uh, which I loved. Right. It was just great. Uh, and then, uh, let's see, like two weeks later, we did the Chicago open and still white belt Did the Chicago open. And that one I did really well. I had four matches, uh, got gold and that was on a Sunday. We drive back, go to class and then Ish gives me my blue belt on like the next day. Right. So I was like, Oh sweet. Uh, blue belt. I don't know. Definitely the fastest. Under these, yeah, under three months, <laughs> three months at wipeout. Yeah, yeah, I'd yeah. say I mean, three months or three years. Yeah, however you want to look at it. And yeah. that's that's the tough thing. That's the like, that's like the predicament that I always find myself in. People are like, how long have you been training? It's either seven years or it's ten years, man. Yeah. Like I don't know. Yeah. So I'm like M theory. I don't know. Seven years right. training jujitsu. I guess ten. I don't know. I'm either a super long white belt or I'm super fast. And in the end, it doesn't really yeah. matter. Like it here, really here we are nonetheless. Whatever. Right? Yeah. So I'm just like, all right. But yeah, uh, if you want to be like cool about it, three months at white belt, <laughs> <laughs> one Chicago, got my blue belt. Yeah. Right? It does sound cool. Yeah. It does sound cool. Right? But uh, let's see. I don't know. Blue belt. I'm just training. Just training. Uh graduated high school blue belt purple belt nothing too crazy i guess i won no gi pans as a blue belt um pretty cool it's my only major but yeah won a bunch of tournaments lost a bunch of tournaments purple belt same thing uh purple belt i got my first teaching gig ishmael hooked me up with a a gym the ufc gym which was up in blaine Mm -hmm. that place man let me tell you about that place. Okay. That place for a brand new purple belt to be like, you got to teach jujitsu now. The owner didn't know anything about martial arts, never trained martial arts, just wanted to get a 
martial arts gym in the UFC. He saw a potentially it. lucrative business. Yeah, exactly. And went for it. But uh, that place was the Wild West, man. That place was the Wild West. I gained a lot of teaching experience there because there was no one with prior jujitsu experience. So I had off the bat eight people day one. And I had to be like, okay, what do I teach them? How do I teach them? Right? Mm -hmm. So there's no like other blue belt in there that could help them or even like a one stripe white belt who's like, my other class, I did this. Eight people, brand new, brand spanking new. So that was crazy. So I got them to like a few stripes uh, over like the two years. Cause that was the other thing I wasn't allowed to promote. Not like an Ishmo thing, a UFC gym thing. I, mean, I wasn't allowed to like promote people because I was a purple belt. So who promoted people? No one. Uh, right? is, Eventually I got Ishmael to come up and, and give someone some stripes. Oh, okay. But that was like... So he was kind of grandfathered in as the purveyor of the progress. Yeah, but that was like when the gym was already like starting to close. Right, so... For so you. we finally got around to quote unquote promoting people <laughs> exactly. as the businesses tank. Yeah, that's good. But like that place, man, was crazy, and I don't know what I'm allowed to say or what. I don't know, but yeah. by by like month three, I was like the highest. I was like the most senior person there, aside from like the owner, right? Because people would just get fired or they'd quit, take off right away. Right? Yeah. It was crazy. And so at first they started like they tried to train me in all these sales stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, hey, when you teach class, don't give them everything. Just kind of hold back a little bit. So that way they buy private lessons from you. And in my head I was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, but Ishmael just teaches everything. And so I was like, I'll just do that. I'll just like, I don't care. I'll hold yeah. nothing back. I'll just, they want to grab me after class and ask me, oh, I'll just teach them. I'll just well, share jujitsu. That's and what that that ta that if you didn't say this this person didn't have any experience with jujitsu, I would have guessed it from that. Like, yeah, it's an ocean of information. Yeah. They'll come in for privates. Yeah, <clears throat> and I don't think I got a single private from the UFC gym. Yeah, but I didn't care because I was like, I just want to like share my jujitsu. Sure, is, yeah, it's this fun is what to teach I'm it. realizing, yeah. right? Yeah. As 14 years old, now I'm 19 or whatever. I was like, sweet, I get to teach as a purple belt, right? And it's like the. Uh, it's like a hockey recruit, right? You get drafted. Okay, you get sent to the the mm -hmm. minor leagues, get mm -hmm. some experience, mm -hmm. and come mm -hmm. back, and then you can you can teach, right? Okay, get an experience, two years. And I was living in Victoria with my parents at the time. Bro, yeah, that's a long Victoria day. to Blaine, and I viewed it as like putting in my dues, right? Which is also weird, right? But uh, hour fifteen one way, yeah. And then someday I would teach. But uh, this was around the time that I got done with like my layoff year. And I, uh, one of the only schools I was accepted to was Bethel, Bethel University. So I went to Bethel for a year. Uh, I lived close there in Circle Pines. So I was actually only two minutes away from the UFC gym. So yeah, I went from like an hour 15 to two minutes away, which was, which was nice. Mm-hmm come train here after right like just moving all around right and then like uh before that uh i kind of kept up the early morning training so i would find anyone and anyone who was willing to come in and train so hayden i got i convinced hayden to train super early morning five o'clock six o'clock whoever uh i got ishmael i didn't get ishmael but uh Ishmael saw that I was willing to put in work, so he gave me a key, so that way I could come in and train whenever. 
Because I don't think he was, I think he was just like, oh, if this kid's willing to do it, then I'm going to make it possible for him to do it, right? Right. Uh, some days I would sleep here. I would sleep here so that way I could drill in the morning and then go to school, right? Uh, so that was like pretty much all throughout high school. And then, uh, yeah, so the UFC gym, teaching at the UFC gym. Uh, and I guess like I had this thing of like, oh, I just got to work hard you just gotta work hard right i didn't come from like a rich family but like yeah like never missed a meal i never really had like any like adversity Mm -hmm. growing up really right private school kid right but i was like but i'm just gonna work i'm just gonna like work super hard super hard and uh so yeah i think it started showing eventually at some point uh let's see purple belt eventually that place closed down uh, and then, uh, the day I got my brown belt, uh, <laughs> Jeremy from Minnesota top team, uh, was like leaving the gym and he was like, Monday, I'm going to call you <laughs> like, it's just going to talk to you. And then I'm going to talk to you. And I was like, okay, this is a job <laughs> offer. Right. <laughs> and it was. And so I started teaching at Minnesota top team when I was a brown belt. Um, so now I have like some teaching experience. Uh, at this point now, I think I'm going to Normandale. So I stopped going to Bethel, started going to Normandale. Much cheaper. Yeah, cheaper, <laughs> right? But now, like, you know, I'm back in Victoria. and like, Okay. And I'm taking a semester off. I'm doing a semester. I took another semester. So it's just, like, really choppy, right? Just trying to, like, figure stuff out. Still just training as much as I can, trying to compete as much as I can. Mm-hmm. There's right? a little bit of that, like putting on appearances for people that expect you to go to college. Yeah, and that was, and that was exactly it. Yeah. yeah. Like a lot of people were just like, okay, like what are you going to do? And in my head, I'm like, well, I'm doing jujitsu. I'm like, just getting good at this. Right. You know, and the entire time I'm not doing private lessons, right? Like maybe at Brown Belt I did like one or two, but I wasn't doing any private lessons because I am not the type of person to be like, do private lessons from me. Even now I'm just like, it feels weird. It feels weird to like put out on social media. Like oh, I'm doing private lessons, mm-hmm. which I am doing private lessons by the way, <laughs> which for just the let record, me know, yeah. right? I love sharing my jujitsu with, with everyone. Okay. But at the time it was really hard. So my mentality was I'm going to get really good. And then people are going to come to me. Right. And honestly, that's kind of worked. Generally right? that's the case. Yeah. And it's just, it, I I don't like being flashy, right? Maybe from watching the UFC Unleashed, like earlier on, like uh, a lot of Randy Couture, and Randy Couture is like not a big talker, yeah. right? Quiet blue collar. Yeah, and so image. I think I kind of like adopted that as a mentality in my jujitsu, right? I was like, just put your head down and, and work, right? Mm-hmm. Like just don't complain. And then Ishmael's pans camp, right? Like same thing, like. Man, like the your your hard work will speak, right? You don't have to say, "Oh, I'm working super hard." You don't have to like post on Instagram, like, "Ah, oh, this is you know, this is such a good training camp." No, no, no. Like, when you're like on top of the podium or whatever, then it'll speak for itself. Or even if you don't compete, when you just roll with people, they'll just see like, "Oh, wow!" Like this guy's got really good jujitsu. The people who need to know will know exactly. So. Uh, and I think I'm still like that. Um, talk a little bit more trash to white and blue belts, but whatever, you know. 
Um, it's hard to resist. Yeah. Let me back you up. Did you compete a bunch at Purple, or was that kind of a blurry year? No, because Purple, of I the, competed a lot. Yeah. Purple, I went on a big string of silver medals. A lot of losses in the finals and IBJJF and whatnot. Yeah. Get a Craig Jones thing happening. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I guess you could say I was Craig Jones before it was Craig. Was Craig <laughs> before Jones. it was cool to yeah. something, something. Uh, Yeah, I mean, who knows? I got all those competition stories for another time but mm-hmm. how many how many have you, how many times have you competed across know. the full thing i don't know throw a number probably not as many as like someone else from california or something but well for sure a hundred or I'd not say over a hundred yeah, yeah okay, over well. like a hundred tournaments maybe i think IBTF, that's a, yeah, i think a no matter where you are that would be considered a shit ton <laughs> yeah um yeah back in a day when there weren't a whole lot of tournaments, right? Going to Wisconsin or Madison, uh, Chicago, Iowa, whatever. It's, going it's funny to hear because, like, I mean, here talking about some of the old schoolers like Ish or Rocco or whatever, talking about how to compete, it was like once a year and you had to drive five hours. Yeah. But we ain't talking that far back with you. Yeah. So, like, the, the prevalence and availability of competitions in the last, like, five years is actually a pretty new it's crazy. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, my mom would drive me because before I was 18, I couldn't sign the waiver. Yeah, so she had right. to go with me to sign the waiver. Uh, and there was one tournament in, in Madison or Milwaukee or something that uh, I like got slammed in my nogi. So that guy got disqualified, but I like got slammed really hard, like lost in the finals. Then I go and, and the guy that I lost to, I like flying arm bar. Right, just out of pure rage, right? Like flying armbar in like ten seconds. It's awesome. And then I'm sitting there and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and I see that dude compete again. And I was like, oh, weird. Maybe it's like a, a best, you know, like a round robin type yeah, thing. Right. Nope. So then I go up and I was like, hey man, like I've been waiting here. What's going on? And they're like, oh, I put down the wrong name. I like circled the wrong winner. Stupid. Because it was all by pen, all by paper. Yeah, yeah. And that guy that I submitted didn't say anything and just went on. He's like, oh, I get another match. Right? He probably didn't have any idea either. It's a bunch of dumbasses. I bet he did. Know. I yeah. Bet he did. <laughs> and so, of course, it's just shattering. Yeah. Shattering. Fuck I drive, that. my mom drives me six hours, right? I'm, I just, I lose it. I'm just like in tears because I feel so bad that my mom right. drove me all this way. Little did I know, she felt so bad, yeah, like yeah. for me, right? right? Uh, yeah, and she you're was, processing it different. Yeah, There's kid processing and it. It was a quiet car ride home, yeah, man. Sucks. Quiet car ride home, right? She just feels so bad for this kid, right? Who just got basically cheated out of yeah. a good match, sucks, right? Dude. But uh, yeah, stuff like that. Just experience, just and mm-hmm. if yeah, if you guys are competing or want to get in, I got stories, so many <laughs> competing stories, right? That. I've seen it all, man. Right, you, so you lost matches that you won. I've apparently. I've <laughs> lost matches that I've won. I've won matches that I've lost. I've I've been cheated. Uh, I don't think I've cheated. I hope not. Uh, but all of the fears and anxieties that you are worried about or are feeling, I felt it, man. So I maintain uh, to this day that I've been Americaned more times than anyone in the gym combined 
just getting smashed and like tap ow yeah, yeah. ow <laughs> ow is that kind of small guy problem oh yeah yeah small yeah. small teenager mm-hmm. in a room of adult problem mm. right dan, dan schneidkraut ripping my ankle off and mm-hmm. <laughs> i have that problem me with being him like that hurt and he was like oh sorry i'll i'll go easy and then like the next second like ow and then me being like i don't want to roll with you anymore yeah. <laughs> but not having a choice yeah, yeah. <laughs> And when yeah. you're a kid, you don't have that sense of agency where you can be like, you know what, fuck you, dude, and then just walk away. Yeah, I wasn't a yeah. back talker, right? Yeah. I was maybe sassy, but I wasn't a back talker. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then, yeah, just taking my licks and just chugging mm-hmm. along, right? What Let's a dumb see. process jujitsu is. I know. Just right? get beat up for 10 years and then you'll be there. What? Yeah. Let's see. Brown belt. Brown belty, yeah. Brown belt, I competed a lot. I was trying to compete a lot won some won some tournaments uh i have i have a very vivid memory of competing at brown belt in san antonio houston austin some place in texas that country uh and i'm in the bullpen and my ring coordinator comes up to me and he goes oh my god kobe bryant just died (laughs) and i was like what like who are you why are you talking to me like you know me first off and then i look over and like the arena had like tvs set up and yeah like kobe bryant like died yeah and then everyone was just like shook and i was like i'm about to do what kobe would want me to do (laughs) and that is compete and so i did and then i competed and i like submitted both my guys right in like one of my first tournaments at brown belt or whatever well, shout out to the Black Mamba then. Yeah, I guess for- so. And then I was like, oh, did you like, okay, like this is weird, but. That's a weird vibe. It's weird it they would like throw weird. it up on the TVs like, speaking of whatever you guys are doing, this guy died. And I wasn't like, and I wasn't like, uh, oh my God, Kobe, right? Like yeah. I didn't really follow basketball a whole lot, mm-hmm. but I knew enough about Kobe that I was like, I'm about to honor Kobe the absolute best I can by competing mm-hmm. and being a hundred percent in that's very strange right? uh and then uh little did i know uh covid hit right and covid hit i was competing in atlanta and like there were rumors of covid right and then uh competed in atlanta came back and then yeah things just started shutting down and i was in a semester at school so i was in the middle of of school and that was weird and so then, you know, COVID hit and then, you know, we started coming back from COVID and then I was like, am I gonna go back to school? Like I took a break, but you know, I'm teaching at top team and I've like saved up a lot of money and you know, like, uh, and now I'm actually getting like private lessons. I was like, so do I have to go back to school? And so I was like, okay, if I got to go back to school, I was in school for uh, exercise science. That's what right? I was so I kind of figured yeah. something that was interesting to me right, that I could go to school for. But it was also super confusing because I had like all my Bethel credits. I had Normandale credits. I didn't know where I was in my major. I didn't know how close I was to getting my associates or anything like that. Mm-hmm. This is just a jumbled mess, right? And so I was like, eh, if I go back to school, great. I can always do it. Even now, I can go back to school right, at any yeah. time, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, uh, Ishmael gave me my second degree on my brown belt. I was like, sweet, cool. Uh, 
but he had a ruse. He had a whole plan, right? And he told me, he goes, hey, uh, Jared Fairbrand from Black Arrow is uh, getting ready to go back to work. Uh, he's a contractor, right? And uh, he needs to get in shape. He wants to get into shape. So make sure that you're available this, this day because he's coming down for a workshop and I want you to roll with him and I want you to go super hard because we are also like kind of training in quarantine, like toward the tail end of quarantine. So we weren't breaking hard rules, but toward the tail end. And so all the black belts or brown belts would, yeah. would train together. So I trained with Jared a little bit and uh, I was like, okay, sweet. So I was like getting all pumped up. Right. And he's like, yep, you, Ethan and Kevin are gonna, gonna roll hard with them. Right. And so there's all these people and I'm <laughs> like sitting on the wall or laying up like uh, leaned up against the wall, like just ready to go, just, you know, ready to go. And then Ishmael, I was like, oh, okay, we got to like get some promotions out of the way first because, yeah. you know, once you get your, he, this is what he said. Once you get your purple belt, you got a target on your back. And so we want to do that now. So that way, like people mm -hmm. will, you know beat up these purple belts i remember that roll. specific phrasing i was like all right all right yeah and i was like okay, okay. and belts. then he pulls out a black belt and he was like marcus and i was like what the what? fuck like totally totally caught me by surprise just yeah. no clue because he had just given me my second stripe right too and that was planned yeah it was part of the ruse that yeah. was totally right. part of the yeah. ruse right it's gonna throw you off the scent you're like all right one more yeah. stripe nice got a few and to his, go and his reasoning was uh you know covid has kind of taken away the brown belt uh, tournaments and so you know they're ready for black belts so they're gonna get their black belts right uh so me ethan and kevin got our black belts mm -hmm. uh, at the same time all the same ruse right there was no workshop we just all started rolling whatever mm -hmm. uh and then yeah and then it was crazy it was just like oh, i'm a black belt now and i remember like taking a pause and i think morgan kind of mentioned this too it was like what now like what do i do now yeah yeah and then i was like well i guess i can just get better right like well that's the answer i could just keep get going better, get better at jujitsu right and then i started teaching a little bit more at uh m theory uh start teaching here teaching a top team and uh now same thing now i have a little bit bigger role at here uh at top team still teaching a lot so and now this is like what I do, right? So it's come full circle, right? Like 14-year-old me was like, this is what I'm going to do. And now this is what I'm doing. How often is 14-year-old you write about something, right? That, so far, so that, good, though. <laughs> that they were right about. He yeah. was right about. He was right, right. about that. He was right, right about that I'm going to be doing jiu-jitsu. And I was like, oh, this is what I'm going to be doing to help change people's lives. Yeah. This is going to be my contribution to society. Do you remember what you said when you got your black belt? A little on the spot speech. Um, yeah. Uh, I remember, uh, and I, and this kind of ties in with this little nugget that I sent you about people and their belts, mm -hmm. and like what promotions mean to me. Uh, I mentioned that, you know, my black belt to me represents, uh, not just how much better I've gotten at jujitsu, but like how I've changed as a person. Right. So I came to Ishmael as a white belt, right? It was very moldable, shapeable. And as the belts went on, I got more mature. I got more grounded. I got more whatever, right? And for sure, black belt doesn't mean I'm the perfect person, but it's like I am uh, 
a good human, yeah. <laughs> uh, hopefully. Right? If you can't cite personal growth along with growth in jujitsu, you probably yeah. missed the fucking point. Yeah, exactly. Bit. So, and especially for me, like as a young, young person, mm-hmm. right? You should be growing. That's yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, and that's still what I view my black belt as now, right? Like it's an indicator that I'm still continuously growing. And now, like every time I notice a little white patch on my on my on my black belt, I'm like, oh, this I'm. I'm still getting better. I'm still growing as a person, right? Or you're washing your belt a lot. One of the yeah, I'm not. I'm just hanging it up. I just hang it up. <laughs> Wash your fucking belt, Morgan. No one's getting staff in the ringworm from my belt. Except Morgan a couple of weeks ago. It's probably not from my belt. <laughs> probably because of his gross ass. His dirty ass belt. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Not mine, though. All right. Not so uh, belt by belt, give me advice. Uh, if I'm a white belt, we'll start at the bottom. Yeah, uh, let's see. If I remember from my last spiel, I'll try did to we do this part on, on your? Uh, it wasn't like belt by belt. It was just like give me your best advice. Sure, sure. Uh, but I'll, I'll try to go. Belt We've by all belt. grown since then, so let's. Yeah, do it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, white belt, just be a sponge. That's what I tried to do. I was like, I'm just going to be a sponge. I'm just going to try to learn as much as I can. Try to be as technical as possible. I didn't really have a choice because I was so tiny. I couldn't use strength even if I wanted to. I actually remember the the match that I like dug into my strength and was like, I'm going to use strength now. It was in <laughs> Madison and I was losing and uh, I was like, I'm just going to try to bully this guy around. And then it like worked really well. I still lost the match, but I was like, oh, this is like when you combine like strength and technique and like all that stuff. So uh, try to take attributes out as much as possible, but don't be afraid to put it back in, right? And like what Jeremy uh, kind of referred to, like don't tell a big guy to, like yeah. a strong guy to not be strong. Yeah. Don't tell a flexible guy not to be flexible, right? Absolutely. Just apply the attributes better. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Just amplify the technique, right? So be a sponge. And even if you're like, oh man, I don't like this technique, just put it in your back pocket. There's so many things now that even as black belt or brown belt, like I returned to that I'd never played as a white, blue, purple belt. And I was like, oh, this is awesome, right? Scissor sweep, cross collar choke from top mount, right? Omoplata, right? Because you'll return to it, you'll, your personality will change, your, your understanding will change. So if something doesn't appeal to you at the moment, no matter how weird or crazy or dumb it is, just put it in your back pocket because you might also like kind of change that technique a little bit. Uh, yeah, just be a sponge. Yeah, and just show up, just like everyone else. Just show up, show up, ask questions, and all that, yada yada yada. Mm-hmm. It's all the same stuff. Mm-hmm. Blue belt, yeah, blue belt's different. Blue belt's like, okay, now you're starting to know stuff, right? Um, I'll posit a challenge for for someone, right? If you can do this, uh, blue belt is all about data. It's all about statistics in your own head and collecting data, right? I try and move 100 times. This happens 60 times. Okay, I put that in that little bank, right? So then you get that reaction. Oh, this happened 15 times. Oh, this weird reaction happened five times, right? That's what Blue Belt is. It told, is you're getting the reps. You're getting your rolls. So I posit this challenge to someone. Uh, pick a move. And literally keep statistics of I try this move a hundred times 
and then I get and like keep track of it, right? Yeah. Like after your roll, go over to your notebook and be like, "Well, I tried this and this happened, right?" And then like put it into like a graph or a chart or something. Right. That'd be awesome. You're That'd be kind so of funny. loosely doing that in your head. You're at absolutely all times. doing that in your head. Make yeah. it real. Make the yeah. chart. So it's when people are like, "I tried this thing and it didn't work," and it's like, "Well, you're just kind of trying it on its face value, right?" But do it a thousand times, and then people will do this, you know, 500 times. And that way you can kind of anticipate it. Right. Yeah. Something again, like Morgan was kind of referring to. I guarantee if you actually, if somebody actually did that, say for six months or nine months, the last X number of months would just be boredom because oh, the response sure. would funnel to, I got submission. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you would clean up the data yeah. so quickly. Yeah. And if I did that, it would also like fall into like some kind of like bell curve, right? Or whatever mm -hmm. of, oh, I tried this from this position, right? Uh, yeah. So that would be really cool if you <laughs> have any. And I'm not like a math person. But yeah. If you're a math person, you're like, oh, this is the way I think of it. Yeah. Or if you are very impatient, try to think of it that way. Sure. Because if you're impatient, well, you've probably only tried it like 10 times. Yeah. You tried it 10 times and it didn't work. You got to try it like a hundred times. Just having the literal written down data will convince yeah. you to probably try it again. So blue belts, else. blue belts, the, the data belt, the data belt, right? It's just, you're just getting reps and it's tough. But then that's where your game starts to form, mm -hmm. right? Because now you're starting to get these reactions, right? Purple belts. Um, yeah. Purple belt. Now you're starting to like really know what you like. Right, you're starting to really get down, uh, down and dirty with specific things. You learn a cool detail about a move that changes it. Right, you, you can get hung up on the details, which is fine now because you know how a move works. Uh, but it, I don't know. It just depends. It totally depends, like basis by basis. I know pro belts are like, what is going on? That's <laughs> fine. That's totally fine. <laughs> Again, your belt or your stripes should be relevant to you. So it's as it's how you're improving, not, you know, a purple belt should know this. There definitely should be a level of execution and level of performance to it. But, you know, time, uh, unique improvement, performance, right? Technical knowledge. It's a it's variable, a subjective yeah, game. It's a hodgepodge of everything, yeah. right? Uh brown belt try to teach even if it's on a one by one basis try to teach right i like that a lot there's a lot of people who don't like teaching classes you don't have to teach classes but like you should try to like teach someone one one-on-one -on -one, right because it'll, it'll improve help, your game it'll help your yeah. understanding right it'll help with your understanding and help you get to that next little level right i always said one if I could have been a competitive shot putter after I started coaching yeah. other people in shot put, I would have been a better shot yeah. putter. Uh, actually, I'll go back to purple belt. I do have like a specific thing that I think like purple belt should start doing at a certain point. Mm -hmm. uh, and blue belts could do this too. And if you're getting ready for a tournament, you can do this. All right. Uh, but purple belts should come into training with a very specific goal. Very specific. So... Uh, when Ishmael started doing this with me, uh, I think I was a purple belt, purple or brown belt or something, but I would like have purple belts do this or, uh, competitor blue belts do this, uh, pick a submission, 
right? And I was like, armbar. I was tempted to do something weird, like, I don't know, Gogo Plata or something. Tarika Plata. But I picked, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I picked, I picked, arm, I didn't know how to do a Tarika Plata, but I picked armbar. And he's like, okay, armbar is the only submission you can do this week. That's it. That's the only submission you can do. I was like, okay. So I did that for a week. And then the next week, he was like, okay, armbar from top mount. Oh. So he didn't change it. He got more specific. Yeah, more specific. Like, oh, okay. And then it was very quickly not about the armbar from top mount. It was about I have to hold top mount first. So like, oh, this is tough. And I wasn't allowed to tell anyone, which was to my benefit because yes. that would be way tougher. So yes. I could fake going for other things and then end up with my... Which differentiates it from the positional sparring. Like, yeah, exactly. Positional sparring seems you know, to be one right, of the yeah. most important things we do, but at the same time, your partner knows exactly what you're trying to do. And so now we're doing positional sparring, but we're, we're not letting them... Right. No. Right. Super important. A little more room to work there. And so then the next week was okay. Now you can only do armbar from top mount on the right arm. And then the next week was armbar from top mount, but on the left arm. And so now I have a whole month of, I've only done armbars. And I asked him, I was like, "Well, what if I do another submission?" And he goes, <laughs> "You can't. You can't. You're That's not fun. allowed." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, okay." Uh, and it very quickly did not become about the actual arm bar. It became about all these positions, right? right? And uh, That's probably a good one to use, too, because yeah. you got to be in a lot of control if you're going to start yeah. grabbing that arm in the top mount spot. And, and, and even, even now, even uh, if I'm kind of bored or stuck, oh, I'll ask him. I'll be like, what submission am I doing tonight? What submission am I doing this yeah. week? Yeah. He'll give me some goofy thing. He gave me Goga Plata a few weeks ago. I was like, this is dumb. Half the room was like, what is happening to me with this role? Oh, a lot of people were very upset, yeah. right? Alex, uh, I, I got Alex in a full-blown Gogo Plata, mm-hmm. and he just tanked it. He just tanked it, man. <laughs> I I told like eight people in front of him, I was like, I was so like happy and proud of him, but also so impressed. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you just tanked it, man. Like I had nothing else. Like I was in a full Gogo Plata. Probably a testament to how bad my Goga Plata was, but but it, that improved me so much. And then uh, that really does change the, your mentality and change sure. the game of your practice because you take whatever comes your way. Yeah, when you're rolling, which is fine. But which, which is yeah. the game, yeah. But if you stick to a specific directive, yeah. you got to sharpen that blade. And so, yeah. And then if you're like competing at blue belt, you should start doing that because you should know like the submissions that you really like. And if you're competing, this is what you do. You take three guards that you really like. So there lies a problem. Got to know three guards, right? <laughs> Shit. Yeah, I know three passes. Mm-hmm. Now you can chain these together. So if guard A fails, I go to guard B. If guard yeah. B fails, right, whatever. Guard A is my main guard. Okay, I go to B and C as a fallback and then go back to A, right? Like, whatever. Passing, okay, chaining all these things together. I don't need to know all these passes. I just need to know three and then get really good at them. And now I don't need to know all these submissions, right? I just need to know the position that I want to end the match in, right? Side control, mount, the back, right? And then just pick one. So that way I'm not like, oh, good to mount, good, good side control, good, good to the back. Oh, right. I have these, right. all these options, right? No, I know exactly what I need to get to. And if I don't submit him along the way, right? If he's not like giving me a triangle, Right, I don't have to be like, oh, I'm just gonna not do this and get the back. No, it's submit him with a triangle, right? Uh, so like, really, anyone can do that. But I'd say like, that's where you should really start to implement it into your training. But let's can do it too for sure. 
Yeah, brown belt. Start to teach a little bit. It'll help you. Black belts, don't get complacent. Okay? Don't be complacent. Your black belt, all right? Show up. Put in the work, right? You're, you're still in it. Be a sponge. <laughs> still be a sponge, yeah. all right? This is something that, that for sure I, I need to do, right? Like, I'm focused a lot on teaching, but, like, I got to jump into the essentials class. I got I to gotta jump into the essentials class, and I got to do the bear crawls or the sit-outs and the mm-hmm. peak-outs with everyone else, right? I got to do that. I got to drill with the, the white belt or the, the gray belt or whatever, right? You know? Don't sit back. Don't sit on the walls being like, oh, I'm helping class. Okay. If you want to do that, fine. I don't know. That might ruffle some feathers. I don't care. We can choke each other later. Yeah, uh, the, and I mean, I, mean I, I guess I get, do you think there's a there's a thing of like, the black belt is the arrival, right? Yeah. I made it. Because it was your goal for 10 years or 15 years or 20 years, yeah. so you made it. So I think there's probably a human base level, for human sure. instinct that, okay, now I can sit back a little and, and it's just such do a, my thing. Such an accompli- it really is. It's such an accomplishment. But mm-hmm. like when you're showing up to train you should be training, right? Like as a training partner and a friend, right? Like I don't really want to just see someone slide backwards because now like they've either lost that drive or whatever. And, you know, so if you're a black, you know, don't, don't be complacent. All right. Find ways to, to get better, whether that's putting your head, putting your nose back on the grindstone Mm -hmm. or changing the way you train right or trying a new position or whatever don't be complacent right um i think black belts earn the right to do certain things if you forget your belt i think you shouldn't have to wear a white belt that's about it (laughs) right if you show up late uh, okay i get it if you were here 15 minutes before and you show up late just kind of a dick move. That's a pet peeve. In humanity, yeah. frankly. As an instructor, that's a pet peeve, right? I, I'll never get upset for someone at someone for showing up late. Traffic, work, yeah. kids, Life. whatever. If you, you could show up 10 minutes to go, I would, what's up, man? What's going on? Right? Let's do it. Let's get the 10 minutes of work in. Mm-hmm. Love, I'll never get upset for anyone, anyone for that. But if I see you stroll in and it's 15 minutes before class... And you walk on ten minutes late. Who's whose fault is that, right? Well, I'm talking business. No, 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 man. No, I'm talking to my friends. No, 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 no. no. Do it right. after. Do it after. Right. Um, That'd be that should be a regular feature. Give me your pet peeves of the podcast. I got what's a your, couple. What's your? I'm not telling you two. That was yeah. good. You're good for one. That was. <laughs> I got another one. Okay. Um, <laughs> Uh, leaving the doors to the bathrooms closed after you use them bro it feels like the polite thing but we don't know we're all standing out here at top team they actually put up signs that say please leave the door open yeah just so i know you know yes good um right like yeah that that's a little thing uh this one isn't a pet peeve it's just like kind of a facepalm Okay, so at M Theory, we got the big mat and then we got a little mat, right? And there's a little walkway in between. When people bow off the big <laughs> mat and then turn around and yeah. bow onto the small mat right, right. or vice versa, they do like a one, and they Good turn. Yeah. yeah, and it's, and I've seen it like devolve into like a, yeah. 
And it's like, just, just go to the other man. Just go to the other man, man. Just, just jump. Right. It's okay. Like, you know, as an you, you bow into man. training, you, yeah. And you then you bow, bow out training, from right? training. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a mindset thing. So for me, like, uh, when I walk onto the mats, I'm engaged. When I start class, I'm engaged. If I got to go to the bathroom, okay, then you can bow out. Cause now you're kind of like disengaged, right? But sure, if you're okay. going to the other yeah, mat, just go to the other <laughs> mat, man. Well, part of that, especially if somebody had, like, if, if somebody's new to it and maybe if they had, like, more traditional martial arts experience, like, yeah. I did some Aikido back in the yeah. day and, like, you would never kneel facing away from the picture of O-Sensei because you're exposing yeah. your bottoms of your feet. I mean, there was very traditional official stuff. So, yeah. once you get into this, like, lackadaisical Brazilian culture, so to speak, it, it, it takes yeah, a while and, to realize the rules. Good, we have a good mix of, like, okay, we're not, like, super formal, but, like, we got to remember, like, we're a martial art, so... Uh, some discipline give a involved. good bow at the start of class yeah. right yeah. i don't have to you know i don't want people to tell me or ask me to go to the bathroom just go I'm not in fourth grade <laughs> right just go and please go if you need yeah, to go please, please go, go. Right? you know i appreciate it i don't um require it but i definitely appreciate it if you are late to like find me and shake my hand right yeah Hey, I'm sorry. No, no problem, man. Glad you're here. Yeah. Stated rules. I remember somebody telling me right? that in the very beginning. Like, hey, if you show up late, it's no big deal. But, you know, give a nod to the instructor. It's just, it's just polite, right? It's just polite. Um, I don't need to wait. Or I don't need someone to wait for me to call them onto the mat. Right? Yeah, you could come onto the mat. That's a pretty old school one. Right? They're, like, just waiting there. It's like, no, just come onto the <laughs> mat, man. Right? Yeah. Sometimes I notice, and I don't, I don't be like, hey, man, like, you don't need to wait, right? If they want to have that as their own, like, personal rule, sure. I got to remember it, too, because sometimes, I'll, like, someone will just be waiting on the yeah. side. What the hell are you like, doing, bro? Come oh, on. That's man. right. Like, they, okay, yeah, come on. <laughs> They're like, yeah. okay. Like, I remember Ishmael saying, like, when he was teaching at uh, Gracie Marumbi in California, like, and Fabio Leopoldo was the head dude. But if Ishmael was teaching, even Fabio would just wait. Until Ishmael Beckham uh, like told him he could yeah, go on to the yeah. like a vampire. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I don't need that. I don't need that at all. Um, yeah, pet peeves. I don't really have. <laughs> Do you just named three, bro? <laughs> I named like one, and then uh, like just a funny thing. A couple other know. things. Um, yeah, that is a good segment of pet peeves. Start with that. Let's, let's throw down at the beginning of each episode. God, I guess like I guess like when people just talk a lot, unsolicited advice, um, people giving excuses, people giving excuses but not reasons. So if you're like, oh man, I had a heavy leg day, that's why like I got my guard passed so easily. That's an excuse. Jim Vang's like, I can't use my legs. That's a reason. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. so there's a clear line between the two yeah. of those. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah I got I my know. guard passed because of leg day. That's a good one. I might have to. There's a, yeah, I've heard it all. Write man. that down. Like, okay, cool. I don't care. Uh, oh, I got my eye poked in comp training. Are you like, really? Like, okay. You want to like take a moment in a tournament? Get your eye poked. I've seen dudes get full blown need and punched in the face in the middle of transitions, and they're just like, you know what? We're both in this, so I'm not going to give up position. So I'm just going to keep going. And they're like, 
the referee has to be like, oh, you have to stop because you're bleeding all over the place. Right, right, right. right? I suppose like, bonk, ow, stop, 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 stop. I need a second. I oh. definitely I definitely need a second when I get bonked. But I ain't, going, I ain't going to competition, bro. Exactly. Right? We all got to work in the morning. Yeah. With the kids, like whenever I do like a kid's class, I like, hey, like, did you get a bonk or did you get a boop? Right? Oh, you got like your finger kind of twisted. Oh, that's a boop. Can you kind of put on a brave face and... <laughs> You, know, you can keep going, okay? Like, I know it hurts. I know it sucks, but you can keep going. Or, like, did you take a forehead to the nose? Ooh, that's a bonk. Okay. Yeah, let's sit on the side. You know, cry. Let's go. Let's let's get it all out. You take your time. You collect yourself. You tell me when you're ready to, to join, right? Like, it's okay. I want this terminology and this tone of voice brought into the adult classes. <laughs> I, once heard, I once heard Ishmael, like, uh with the kids class and he was like making him do like crunches or something. Uh And a lot of the kids were like, Oh, and he was like, guys, when your tummy hurts, that doesn't mean stop. It means your muscles are working. So keep going. And I'm like, man, the adult, some of the adults, (laughs) it's the same thing, man. Right. Which, you know, but I don't know. My attitude (laughs) towards that kind of stuff definitely changes all the time. Sometimes I'm just like, yeah, everyone like you know, everyone go at their own pace. Other days I'm like, let's get to work. Yeah, mood right? dependent. Yeah, it just totally depends. I don't know. Some that's why. That's why I tend to avoid comp training. Yeah, because I'm here having a good time. Oh, comp training. Yeah, comp training. It's uh, you're yeah. gonna, we're gonna get to work. I can turn it on. I had it on for years and years and years and yeah, numerous exactly. things. But I'm here having a good time. I don't want to detract from the and, atmosphere yeah. of comp training. And know? I'm totally fine with that, right? Like that's the move. Stay out of the thing you ain't set for. There's been comp trainings where I'm like, we aren't taking this seriously enough. So I've like literally stopped it and been like, if you guys aren't gonna like stop talking, yeah. you get off the mat. Yeah, you get off the mat right now, right? And like been like super serious, right? Which you need if you're going to run comp training or right? the goal is different right. when i was running the kids comp training i the first day i circled them all up and i go all right this is comp training you know we're still going to have fun we're still going to learn a lot and we'll like it's not like a no laughing allowed you can laugh you can have fun i was like but now we're going to be going towards a goal right we have a very specific goal in mind and so i'm going to hold you guys more accountable and you're going to hold me accountable Right. And the kids were like, oh, he's talking to us like an adult. Mm-hmm. And they totally responded to that. Right. right, right? Yeah, yeah. The same thing with it. like uh, with the like, comp training. That's why, like, when I roll with someone my size, I just smash them. Smash them. That's, what, Asif, that's what we're here for. Yeah. Good in the business. Yeah. That's what Asif, he's here for. Paco, John. Business. <laughs> business. Right? And I'm like, ah, I got smashed as a as a black belt. Right. And then some people will be like, oh, you're just continuing the cycle of of hatred. Yeah, man. Yeah. But look where it got me. So I don't well, really yeah. care. And also, it's fu- it you're, fundamentally, you. you're fighting people. I mean, we're not yeah. punching, but, it, you know, yeah. there needs to be some cycle of whatever. Yeah. And I do it because I, you know. Because you care. care right. <laughs> I do it because I care. I do it because I want to see you get better. Right. And so, and it's fun to oh, sn- it's fun snicker. To and, yeah, it's fun to just, oh, just, <laughs> just, just be passing someone's guard, just basically forming their elbows, mm-hmm. and collapsing their frames or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, just train hard. Just train hard. Yeah. Oh, good. Love it. 
Is there anything else? I think um, that's it. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's yeah. any like key moments in my it's all yours in my journey that I missed. I don't know. Probably, probably missed a bunch of stuff. Uh, Nate Howe, Ben Newman, Jesse Rainey uh, were like the three starting instructors. Ishmael is the guy for sure, like white to black. Ishmael. Of course, there's too many people to, you know, shout out, right? Just by the nature of it. Uh, Every, nature, everybody's your right? teacher. Yeah, there's been plenty of guys that I've, that were training long before me, but I got my black belt before them, right? And now I'm their instructor. That's always, like, crazy to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, if you see me, please talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> Your face. I'll be okay. <laughs> like, like I'll be nice. Apparently, Uh-oh. some people think I'm intimidating, which is a foreign concept to me. Yeah. I have glasses, crooked most of the time. I don't know, hunched over in the corner playing chess. You're dork supreme for sure. But then, like, some people are like, you're really intimidating. And I'm like, oh, maybe I accidentally do (laughs) that. Or I guess I am, like, super comfortable in the gym. So maybe I'm just, like, the way I'm comfortable, I'm just, like, confident. Sure. But talk to me, ask me questions. It's not a hassle. I will record uh, how long it takes to answer the question, and then I will invoice you. Uh, how much it will cost. <laughs> Just kidding. I well, never finished school, folks. I need to make money somehow. <laughs> yeah. No, private lessons, I don't know. Follow me on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I don't really do Instagram, but I guess maybe. That's, maybe. How, you get, that's how you get a hold of a guy, though. Yeah. You DM people these yeah. days. Maybe I'll do more Instagrams. I don't know. That's just not my, not my vibe. Ask me to roll. That's another weird thing. Some people think that they can't ask me to roll because I'm a black belt. You can, but I will say that, but be prepared. If it, it is a comp session or a Friday night or a Wednesday night and you ask me to roll, I will give you the business because it is my time to roll and I'm working on stuff, mm-hmm. right? I've had a lot of people, white, blue, or purple belts being like, I asked Marcus to roll and he made me hate jujitsu. It was like, well, you asked me to roll, right? If I asked you to roll and I like beat the snot out of you, oh, that's kind of, yeah, that's not good, right? Uh, but if you ask me to roll, just know that. But if it's like a morning class or whatever. Also though, welcome to it. Yeah, man. There are people here that are better than you and you're going to take yeah. an ass whooping. That's, yeah, find someone like who. It's like heavyweights feel heavy until they're not feeling heavy anymore. I mean. Yeah, find someone who you can, do better than someone your own skill level, right? Someone mm-hmm. who's better than you, that whole thing. If you're the best person in the room, limit yourself. Wear a sweater underneath your, your gi, right? Sounds uh, fucking dude. terrible. I need to bring that back, man. I need to bring the sweater back. Just because it sucks more? Or what's the yeah, idea? Man, you, you uh, obviously in the gi, long sleeve rash guard, and you wear a sweater underneath that. And then you wear spats, and then you wear your gi pants. And it'll get tough. There's one time I put Albaline on bef- underneath all that, and I almost had to go to the hospital because I was like sweating so much. What the fuck? So it is literally just you're driving your body heat up and, and making it's it just harder. Hard. To- it's harder to move too because you're yeah. like, oh, that kid in the Christmas story. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, move my arms. <laughs> yeah. Right? 
But like it's come to the point where Ethan is like, got a sweater on? Yeah. And he like opens my rash guard up to see if I have a sweater on underneath. I got to do that again. Pants camp, I'll do that. I hadn't really thought of that because you, 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 you talk about like narrow in the game. You know, your only submission this week is this. Well, Physically. you can just conditionally make it more hellish Physically. too. Because now when I go against that purple belt or blue belt who normally I can just do whatever, now I am almost ready to pass out. Yeah. I'm not gonna let my guard get past, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, and little Asif and his little X pass, right? And I told him one time, I go like, your X pass is coming along really well, and you can put me in a lot of danger with it, and you could for sure pass my guard. And then I got up and I go, you'll never, you never will though, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> also, and that's just never. me being competitive. That's yeah, just yeah, me yeah. being competitive, right? And that's the fun of the mats too, talking yeah. shit. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um. I don't know. I have so many ways that I think about jujitsu. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's for another time or something. True. But, um, yeah, and it'll ta- it'll constantly change. It'll be like train jujitsu however you want. Be like, train hard, right? right. And be like ah, easy breezy. That, it, it, the constraints and how you think about it and how you go about it has to change because life changes. Yeah, like if you if you you know, have to commute further than ever for a di- your, yeah. your job has changed. So you got to spend two years with so much more of a commute or whatever. Yeah. You have to change your mindset on how you train in order to survive it. Yeah. And like, you know, people are like, Oh, train for self-defense train for, yeah, we can get into that later. Not right now. I don't no, want to. Um, sounds mad dorky. Train how you want. Literally train how you want, but don't you dare demean how someone else trains and their goals. I once had, I once witnessed a high black belt from another, another gym to another student that doesn't go here. Right. So unrelated to me, sure. Tell him, don't do that inverted bullshit that your modern generation does. It doesn't work in the street. And I look at him and I was like, get off your knees. Stop playing on your knees. Cause that's not, <laughs> conducive to the street either yeah you put on some gloves right so stuff like that or if you're like a sporty guy and you're like we only do like self-defense who cares man who cares who cares train how train. you want train. but don't you dare like demean mm. how someone's training jujitsu as long as they're battering themselves as long as they're whatever i don't know good i dig that that's a good place uh, to stop, I think. Yeah, please that's, stop. That's stop. Pro- probably the, the, the best message, Make actually. Stop. You know, some days I'm just like, I'm just over. I have found myself like, <laughs> I, yeah, we're not done. Uh, <laughs> Go ahead. You're the only person who will talk to me. <laughs> uh, I have found myself just like totally over some of the jiu-jitsu tropes. Oh, dude. That like people get excited about. Yeah. And I was like, I've seen that. I've, I've been excited about this. I'm past this now. Yeah. Right? That's the same in anything. It's just funny. Right? Like, like even in like lifting sports, you see shit coming back around, kind of. Yeah. Especially now, think when things go viral, people yeah. like, hey, look, the entire country is getting hyped up about this thing and that thing. You're like, we did that. He's, We've been all through that. Guys, so bored. you see this meme about how jujitsu is yoga? It's involuntary yoga yep. in people's clothes. I'm like, yeah, look man, how clever. I've seen this, I've seen this yep. dozens of times, and it's great, sweet, funny, super funny, right? Oh no, and then. Like people also think that jujitsu is so integrated into my life that like, uh, 
everything is jujitsu themed. Like, do you have mats in your house, like on the floors? Like, yeah, I don't own mattresses. Yeah, I just like, have mats. Yeah, exactly. Up, yeah. Right. Like, are you gonna like propose on the mats? Like, are you gonna like mm-hmm. have a kid like and just like have a daycare on the mats? That one probably isn't far off from the truth, honestly. <laughs> but it's like, no, dude. Like, I'm past all this. Like, <laughs> I don't know. This is just jujitsu. It's my life. I finally got to the point where I can actually like kind of turn it off a little bit. Because before I'd be like, I just can't turn this off. Yeah. Now I can like actually kind of turn it off a little bit. Much healthier. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not burned out. But definitely not burned out. And then you can also just live real life, life. outside of it. Not bound. I like to bind. I like to <laughs> be bound. <laughs> That's what got us in trouble last there time we, we did go. this. Yeah, yeah. There we go. That's the always. That was the only always sunny. Yeah. Good. 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 Mm-hmm. Love that show. Ooh. Okay. Can I? Um, <laughs> yeah, you can whatever you want. Can go I ahead. endorse a show? Television we, program. This, this one's just all been about jujitsu, man. Yeah, that was okay. the idea because we we barely covered jujitsu last. Catfish. Catfish. TV show. TV yeah. TV or like Netflix or where? Uh, it? it is on. Hulu, I think. Okay. Fucking this so show, man, me and Lydia have been watching it. It is the greatest reality TV show I've ever seen. Right? What's the premise? I mean, okay, clearly so catfishing. It's, it's based on, yeah, it's based on a documentary. This guy. This, like the original the catfish original thing? Catfish thing. Yeah. yeah. So that guy, Neve, got catfished. Yeah. Right? So he's talking to this person online. She wasn't who she said she was. Yeah, yeah. I've seen a documentary about this. Exactly. Yep. And now, uh, and it covers it in the in the start of the show. He goes, sure. you know, me and my brother did this documentary, and now uh, all these people email me like, "Hey, I think the same thing is happening to me. I think, uh, you know, who I'm talking to, this love interest, isn't who they say they are." Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Well, I'm going to follow up on all of these leads sure. and just make a TV show out it's of it." It's an extension of his original this documentary. Show, man. Uh, 98% of it is not scripted, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. Rare it, these days. It, it is very rare. I think there's like one or two episodes that they kind of like make up, right? Sure, sure. But it is, there's like 10 seasons. It is so crazy good. It is an insight into the human condition. For sure. There are happy endings. There are sad endings. There are mad endings. There are people who catfish because they're lonely, because they're scammers, because they're X, Y, Z, right? There's double catfishes. There's all these motives and oh, it is fantastic. I don't know if my spirit can take this this data. It is like uplifting because like, is it? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, Oh, some of them are completely uplifting because mm. like i was watching this i was like lydia what is this I was like, what is the show you're gonna be like you're not who they say they are ah, like you're like a horrible person but it's not that simple right because mm-hmm. a lot of these people are like i started talking to this person because of like i was lonely and then like we got to be friends and then i didn't want to tell them who yeah. i actually was it spirals into something real because and you're afraid then to... they wouldn't want to keep talking to me i'm mm-hmm. like oh, that's really sad man it's very sad right <laughs> but that's oh totally recommend it Right, totally recommend it. Catfish, the TV show. Right, I might have to check it. Yeah, is it is so two. good, man. It is so good. Um, yeah, that show is crazy. 
I've started catfishing people. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I haven't. You should have uh, ran with that. We should have done a whole segment. <laughs> how you've been catfishing. We will. We will. Um, Given that it took you an hour and 23 to mention your gal's name, she's going to be tracking that, I'm sure. Yeah, Lydia. You maybe shouldn't have. Lydia Bonnie. Do you know that Lydia is related to Billy the Kid? I do now. Billy the Kid, man. Like she's the great, great something niece. Something, something. something. But Bonnie, so... William H. Bonney is his actual name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Oh, wow. Yeah. So close enough that the name actually The name lines is, is up. the same, yeah. That dude, if you like do your homework on him, he wasn't like some murderous dude. He was like a good dude. Yeah, yeah. And he like only killed in self-defense. But he has this great story. There's a great story about him where he knew this guy uh, was like troublemaker in town. Just no good guy, right? bad dude and he was like i don't like this guy i, I want to save this town from this guy but i can't kill him because then i'll be a murderer so what he did is he found him lounging in a saloon right classic saloon <laughs> this is some new hope star wars stuff right here mm. okay so it, he sees this guy has like a brand new gun so he goes oh my god wow this gun is awesome. Can I see that? Like, let me look at that. And he picks up the gun. And as he's like inspecting it, he takes one bullet out. He manages to like sleight of hand. Yeah. He takes one bullet out and he makes sure that chamber is next in line. Right. Cause he knew this guy was like, he could get under this guy's yeah, skin. He's a hot right? head. I'm going to get him. And he's like, wow. And so, and so yeah, they're talking the whole night and they're talking. And of course, Billy, the kid just like starts to get underneath this guy's skin and then sure enough, at some point, the guy just had enough. Click. Boom. Just. Self-defense. Self-defense. Shot. Just Han solos it like underneath the table. <laughs> and I was like, that is awesome. Even if that's total bullshit story, totally fake. It is. It's amazing. Awesome. Right. And so, yeah. I'd watch that movie. Yeah. And so I like have had this thought of like, oh, my God, my kids are going to be related Billy the Kid. Right. You're gonna have to take her name. Sure. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Keep sure. the Marcus Bonnie Bedore. <laughs> Marcus John Bonnie Bedore. That's gonna ring. It's gonna ring oh, too. Yeah. Yeah. My my wife's uh, great something great grandpa. Maybe one more generation back. Fled to South Dakota from the South because he killed the guy who was abusing his sister oh yeah and then like literally 15 years later this is obviously many generations ago you know no technology harder to track people whatever the law enforcement found him some 12 states away or whatever and saw that he was running a farm with his family and had four kids and they were like you know what carry on sir (laughs) You were probably fucking yeah, right, yeah. and things are going right now. Carry on. Yeah. Another yeah. kind of old school badass story you don't yeah. hear anymore. That's cool. Um, let's see. What else? Oh, no. <laughs> That's pretty much the... I have uh, given you my recommendation. I've given you a cool story. I've given you... Uh, the cool story being the the my... When you pop your elbow. Yeah, my girlfriend's no. kin. Uh, yeah. Ancestors, not, not mine. Um. Oh, if you play chess, please let me know because I have been playing a lot of chess and I want to play with people. 
I yeah, wanna, you, I I've, start, I've watched you swipe between multiple boards on yeah, that app. Probably like, losing all, all at once. <laughs> oh, yeah, whatever, though. Me and Julian. Julian's super good at chess. Eli. Oleg, I know, plays. Right, Trisha. Like, if you are at M Theory or anywhere else, like, just hit me up. What's, chess. what's the app you play chess. on? Chess.com. Chess.com? Chess. Is it an app or do I go on it's the website? App. You can be an app yeah. in both. And like, chess. I, I've full-blown nerded it. I'm just... If I'm not doing jujitsu, I'm doing chess. I've noticed that. Just Sitting over there. Not super good right now, but hopefully I will be. I want to get an M Theory chess club. It's actually a good idea. Unofficial. Well, given, yeah, given, given how often people use it as a extended Analogy. metaphor. I've know. started using like yeah, like chess terms. Like, mm-hmm. mm, this is an inaccuracy. Oh, don't blunder that grip. Right? <laughs> what the fuck? And then I'll be like, checkmate. <laughs> In their like, ear checkmate. as you're sinking a chair. You're supposed to resign. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I don't know. That's pretty much it. Good. Then we're done. Yeah, thanks for talking to me. Thanks, dude. Thank you. <laughs> Go enjoy the rest of your day alone. No. <laughs> All right, folks. Thanks again for listening to another episode of the Pohada Podcast. Do please rate the show, preferably five stars if you're willing, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Check out that Patreon link, and we'll see you next time. Cheers, everyone.